Good Thursday morning, Four Oaks Church. It's October 27th. So glad that you are here with us for Romans Rewind. We're in Romans chapter 14, and this is such a great chapter because we're wrestling through issues that Paul calls matters of dispute or matters indifferent. It doesn't mean we're indifferent to them. It just means that these are issues of conscience that Christians might disagree about that are not at the heart of the gospel. They're not part of Christian orthodoxy. They are matters of choice that Christians have to make in wisdom, in their own conscience, before the Lord, um, empowered by the Holy Spirit, that they feel like they need to comply with or not comply with in order to be obedient, in order to be um, faithful and devoted to the Lord. And that was the issue in the church in Rome. They were arguing about what foods to eat, what uh, religious days to observe, which in their context was a big deal because as a Jewish Christian or as a Jew, uh, these were markers of spirituality. They were markers of covenant loyalty. And as these Jews became Christians, they were colliding with Gentiles who did not have a Jewish background, who were saying things like, we're free in Christ. We don't have to eat this or do or observe that day or what have you. And Paul's writing to them under the, the, the monikers of the strong and the weak to talk about how they're to love and relate to one another. We've been working through our own issues this week of matters of adiaphora, as the reformers call them, matters indifferent. We've talked about drinking. We've talked about um, other issues that Christians can have various, varying levels of conscience and conviction about. And today, we want to talk about food. Let's go back to Romans chapter 14. Let me read the first few verses here to give us, again, context for what Paul says. Romans 14, 1, as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats for who has, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls and he will be upheld for the Lord is able to make him stand. So they were arguing about Jewish dietary laws. Should they still observe the ceremonial laws of the Old Testament? And essentially, Paul's argument here is, no, they're not required. They're not, they're not markers of covenant loyalty. However, it doesn't mean they're wrong. It doesn't mean that you can't observe them. In fact, if your conscience says observe them because, because that's what God uses to enrich your spiritual life, then go for it but don't judge other th others who don't do that. By the same token, you who feel free in Christ, don't condemn or don't um, despise, that, that would be the better word, don't hold in disdain those who may not have the level of freedom of conscience for you. Now, as you, now you may hear this and say, well, why are we gonna talk about food, Pastor Paul? There, there's, there's no restrictions on Christian dietary um, things biblically. I mean, we're not arguing about whether to obey um, old covenant restrictions. Why is this even relevant for us? Why are we talking about food? Because, as you know, food is quite the big deal. So the whole industry, the food industry, um, is is huge, right? And here we're talking about um, ways that people 
um, pursue health in their diet, whether it's through organic or whether through its vitamins, supplements, um, different weight loss programs. There might be um, certain foods, uh, tracks where people feel like I need to I need to eat in this particular way in order to pursue this level of health. I used to eat this way and um, I don't feel like that's a healthy way anymore. And so, so this is a, I mean, huge, right? Um, this is a huge industry. Um, it's, a, it's a massive force in our culture. We're hearing advertisements all the time about eat this way, do this particular thing. This can enlong your life. This can do this, this can do that. Well, on one hand, we wanna say, um, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, okay, as being good stewards of God's creation, as we mature, get older, as, as our culture advances scientifically, of course, on one hand, we're going to know more about what good markers of health are. On another, we're going we're gonna to note what, um, you know, different medicinal practices that are more effective than others, different ways of eating that are healthier than others. And obviously, I would say that's a good thing, right? problem arises, I think, when um, we begin to elevate our way of eating or drinking or whatever it is to a place of, of creating tiers of spirituality. In other words, if you were really spiritual or really obedient or really God-honoring, then you would eat food this way or take these things or subscribe to this program. If you don't do those things, then it's obvious you don't take your health seriously, or it's obvious that that you're not honoring God in the way that you should by not adopting this particular eating protocol or diet regimen or whatever it happens to be. And here is here here's where the problems arise, and, and I think there's there's two levels of problems here. Let's start with the biblical one, okay? Um, let's, let's go back to first Timothy. We read this passage earlier this week, but I want to, want to read it again. Part of the false teaching that was happening in the church in Ephesus that Paul is writing Timothy about pertains to this very thing. There were people in the church in Ephesus who were saying, if you are going to be a faithful Christian, if you are going to, um, be devoted to the Lord, eat this, don't eat that. And what does Paul say? Now, the Spirit expressly says that in later times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage, and here we go, and require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good. And nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. Paul seems to be very clear here in leveling the playing field and saying to impose your conscience about eating. Now, maybe it's not about Jewish dietary laws, but maybe it's just about a particular program or a particular, again, um, um, eating regimen or um Purity of food, that's a big one now, right? Organic food, pure food, pure foods, those sorts of things. And there, there's a problem when we elevate those to levels of spiritual maturity or when we become what we would call sort of evangelistic about them. In other words, we're more interested in converting people 
to our, our ideas about how they should be eating, okay, or exercising um, or taking care of their bodies, when we elevate that to a level where we're trying to convert people to our way of thinking. Now, that doesn't mean, okay, by the way, that there's not healthier and unhealthier ways of doing things, right? So if I was making nightly runs, okay, to Kentucky Fried Chicken and consuming vast amounts of saturated fat, and Kentucky Fried Chicken, let's be honest, is so, so good. And I was consuming 5,000 calories a day and I was sitting around on the couch and not exercising. And you could legitimately look at me and say, Pastor Paul, you're not treating your body well as a temple of the Holy Spirit. You're, you're, not, you're not eating in a healthy way. You're not taking care of yourself. And that would be absolutely true, right? Um, that would be an issue of stewardship and of conscience and obedience um, for me before the Lord. That's quite another to say, well, you're doing this and don't do that. But, but instead, you must do all of these things instead, right? And let me prescribe in detail what they are. And sometimes I liken this to salvation by food purity. We have this idea that if we just eat the right ways and do the right things, we're going to be sort of immune or um, impenetrable to disease or to decay or um, any other ill effects. And we know the reality of that is uh, it's just untrue. We We don't have ultimate control over our lives. We have been given a stewardship of our body but to prescribe to a level of detail where we bind somebody else's conscience, I think is wrong. And so I remember having an argument with someone about this where they really maintained there was a biblical way to eat and an unbiblical way to eat. And I think that when you raise food, drink to that level of morality, okay, um, that's different than saying there's wise ways to eat and unwise ways to eat. See, that puts you on a, on a spectrum. That's where you can begin to make good faith judgments about what you should and shouldn't eat and how you should and should not do it um, without it being a burden for your brother's conscience, without burdening him to say, when we say, well, if you were really careful about your body, if you really cared, you would eat the way I eat or pursue the course that I pursued. The, the issue of that, not only does it bind another brother's conscience, but so often, okay, we are attaining a level of health and food purity that's not possible for anyone else in the world or in the history of the world, right? What we're really saying is that it's only when you are very wealthy, live in a first world country, you're in the West, and you have the means and resources, um, we can finally eat the way God wants us to eat. When in reality, um, what does that say about those around the world who can't afford that? Those around in the history of humanity that didn't have these advances in sciences. You, you see the problem, right? Um, we have bound someone's conscience when in reality we should be talking about these things in a matter of stewardship, of wisdom. And of course, right, there are wise and unwise, unwise ways to eat and live. Um, there's healthy and unhealthy ways to, to live. That's different, right, than elevating my personal beliefs, standard program in such a way that it must become yours or you're not doing it right. And again, I've seen this issue far beyond 
alcohol in our culture. I've seen this issue of health and food and nutrition cause deep divisions, okay, even among Christians in fellowship, because it feels sometimes to people that you're trying to convert them or they're trying or they're or they're 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 being proselytized to adopt a particular framework. I think all of that, Paul would look at that and say, no, no, no. If you want to pursue that course of treatment, you want to take those supplements, vitamins, you want to exercise this way, uh, pursue nutrition in this way, you want to eat organically, whatever the case may be, great. Do that unto the Lord. But your brother is not bound in the same way. You cannot bind his conscience. And this, I think, is a much healthier way to think about things. Um, and I think it, it resonates. It's consistent with what Paul teaches here in Romans chapter 14. So be gracious. Don't judge. Don't condemn. Don't disdain. Don't hold in contempt. Each one must stand and fall before his own master. All right, there we go. Tomorrow will be our last devotional of the week. We'll point our way towards the next text in Romans 14, where Paul's going to continue this discussion. But for today, let's pray. Lord, give us wisdom to walk wisely. Show us what it means to love our brother, to live graciously, to be evangelistic with the gospel, uh, but give grace to one another for how we live these things out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.